Welcome to the Roadie Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and I have a great interview for you guys today with head coach of Westwood High School Football, Coach Steve Storr, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI Sports-focused podcast where we will deep dive into our college, high school, and other sports programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Roadie Run Back episode 8 and I have a great interview for you guys today with Wesley High School's football coach, Coach Steve Store. A lot of fun talking to Coach Steve Store about his career, his playing career, um, also his coaching career and what he, how he's going to carry on the tradition here at Wesley. Great interview with Coach. If you want to watch the interview, go to YouTube and search the Roadie Run Back and you will see that episode. You can watch all ep- all interviews uh, on YouTube, so please feel free to enjoy and watch it on YouTube. You don't have to listen to me talk, so either way, whatever you would prefer. But before we get into today's episode with uh, Coach uh, Store and uh, in the interview with Coach Store, I would like to just cover some topics. One, the Rhode Island Interscholastic League has made a decision. Um, soccer has start, will be starting this week as we speak. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. The kids will be playing with masks on during practices and everything that they're doing. We will have a interview with a uh, soccer coach coming up next week, Coach Kordakowski. Um, great interview with Coach. He's a high school coach at North Smithfield. And him and I will be discussing about the soccer season, his coaching career. So that episode's coming out next week. But I had to give kudos to the Interscholastic League. They're doing their best to work around this. Uh, it's obviously a difficult time. Tough to make decisions with everything that's going on, but they're doing great, great, great things and get making sure these kids are able to play their seasons and get out the senior seasons. I know it kind of stinks playing with a mask, I'm sure, in soccer. I know you could spread out. You can kind of take the mask off. Uh, it's going to be a little difficult, but, you know, good for them for at least getting it off the ground and running and making it work somehow in some way for these seniors and these kids who are looking forward to play their seasons opportunities for them to go forward and possibly play college or anything that's coming up during those years so i'm happy to hear hear that that's going to be happening looking forward to next week's interview with uh coach kordakowski and him telling us the details of it as well as his outlook on the season with north smithfield so that's some good news hopefully there's some good news coming out with football eventually you know i'm sure it's probably look at, at the rate it's going right now it's probably looking like it's going to be february but who knows? I mean, there's been a lot of different changes with everything. So we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, that's that's the update in the high school football world, uh, high school, high school football and the interscholastic lead in high school sports. See how things go and continue to go. And hopefully it sounds like things are going in the right direction for those students. And the round interscholastic league is doing wonderful things and working hard to get where they need to be um, and make things happen for these students. So kudos to them. Like I said, it's a difficult decision, tough, tough to be, tough position to be in, and they're doing their best to work around this virus that r- really no one knows how to handle and what's going to happen until we actually have a vaccine. So, proud of them, and you know, people, if you're out there, definitely give them an applaud and kudos for what they're doing. All right, now into college sports. College football has been into a full swing. It's over the past couple of weeks, uh, it's been really interesting and different for sure. Uh, it's staggered starts all around. Big Big Ten just announced recently that they will be playing. October 24th will be the start of the season. It's going to be interesting how this is going to work out. We have teams that have already been playing in the uh, you know the big 
Big 12, SEC, ACC has been playing. Their rankings are out. It's really weird because the rankings are out, but they're still the Big 10 teams are in those rankings. It's uh, I don't know how they're going to decide a national championship. At this point, I think they might just play and figure it all out from there. Uh, let that happen and let that develop and let that continue to go. Um, well, I don't know. I the word, I heard something that it might be the best of the best. So whoever comes out of the Big Ten and maybe if the Pac-12 starts up as well, whoever comes out of those two will end up playing each other, playing the number one teams or some sort of playoff format. It'd be cool if they did like, I don't know, the top two teams from the Big Ten make it into an eight, you know, make it into an 18 playoff with like the two best teams from the other divisions that are in it and have them all face each other for a national championship. It's already a weird season, so might as well just make it weirder and just do playoffs, like extend the playoffs and see how that works out. It's a good time to test it as well, too. I know a lot of people want to see the playoffs be extended, go from a 14 playoff to an 18 playoff. We want to see this happen. Um, that'd be really cool. It'd be a good time to test it out now and see where it goes. I think it would be awesome for us to witness an 18 playoff. Um, what better now? What better time now than experience it? I mean, might as well go for it. Uh, who cares? Like, it's gonna that'd be a lot of fun to watch. It'd be cool to crown a national champion from 18 playoff. So might as well just give the experience and see how it works out. So that's, that is my thoughts on college football. It's been a lot of fun to watch. It's been nice to have back. A little weird. It's uh, interesting to see because, like, Notre Dame had fans in their stands, and they were all spread out. There was, like, 30,000 of them, I think, and they are all spread out and not sitting on top of each other. Some stadiums had no fans. It's so weird because each state has its own different regulations with the COVID. Uh, each region of the United States have their own regulations with the COVID. So it's interesting you know, to watch these games and, like, to stay with the football, we'll go talk NFL. NFL is the same thing. It's back in the full swing of things. It's great that football, it's some normalcy back in our lives where we were able to watch football. And the same thing with, like, the NBA, too, as well. But, like, you know, there's no fans. There's no fans in the NFL. They're pumping in uh, sound. It's just like the NBA um, playoffs where they're pumping in sound. So it's really interesting, but, you know, it's kind of nice. It's nice to have sports back. It's nice to watch something, pay attention to something. Golf's going very, very well as well, too. I mean, so it's nice to have our sports back and have some kind of normalcy. It kind of makes us feel, feels like things are coming back a little bit and it makes us feel a little more comfortable. Take our mind off of things that are going on outside at work and, you know, with the pandemic and the news and everything like that. That's the way I look at it. So glad that the NFL's back. Four Niners are not doing well. They lost their first game, but today they play the Jets, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I'm predicting a win since we're technically recording. This is supposed to be a Monday episode, so the 49ers won. Congratulations to them for beating the Jets. Um, but it would be, it'd be awesome. It's awesome to have sports back. The Celtics won. Thank God Gordon Hayward's back. Uh, they look great. You know, With him back, he does so much on the court for them, just spreading that that offense and you know so the the Miami he can't drop into his zone they have to actually cover him in the corner and he just creates a lot of issues even though he had six points but just his presence on the court is awesome it's just like with the Lakers when Rondo's on the court his presence on the court he can't shoot the ball very well but Rondo can distribute and is a floor general so it's been great 
it's been awesome to watch these playoffs. NBA, it's I'm hoping Lakers Celtics for the finals be awesome just for NBA fans out there, basketball fans out there, see the rivalry come back after it's been almost 10 years. It has been 10 years since they last played each other, so it'd be awesome to have that again. So we'll see what happens there, but, you know, um, so it's been great, great all around to have some normalcy back, and it's been a lot of fun. So, you know, I'm glad. I hope that everyone's out there being safe, but so for today's episode, we're going to go right into our interview with Coach Steve Storr. Awesome interview with uh, Wesley High School, new Wesley High School's new football coach, uh, Coach Steve Store. A lot of fun talking to him about his career, his outlook on the season, and working around COVID. So here is Coach Store. On today's podcast, I welcome on a special guest. He is a Super Bowl champion and Coach of the Year, and now he's the new head coach at Wesley High School football. Coach Steve Store, how are you today? Doing great. Having a great day. Hanging around, doing a little hot yard work. Yeah, that's a, you can't beat that, right? How, <laughs> that's all you can do now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right, with everything that's going on. Um, how are you holding up during these uh, COVID times? I always ask all my guests this. Well, yeah, they, they, you know, they're tough. They're, we've been out since March 13th. You know, we uh, stuff on the kids. I've been talking, you know, we've been talking with the kids and stuff like that. Having, you know, we've been meeting with them. According to the genus plan, we've been meeting with them, you know, on numbers and, you know, it's, tough. it's, it's been tough on them. It's tough on us. So we just want to try to keep everything copacetic and we're waiting to hear what's going to happen with football. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such an interesting time too. And it's got to be weird because you've been in the coaching game for about, what, 19 years now or more? 19 years? No, more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I finished playing college in 86 and I was coaching that spring. Yeah. Oh, wow. I coached at URI for that spring, and then I went to Connecticut for a year. So I've been coaching since 1986. So, yeah, this is like a first fall of football, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we could say so. Yeah, that's got to be a weird feeling. Uh, It's different. Yeah, yeah. that's Because you like to be trying to get ready, and, you know, you also have to be careful. There's a lot of rules in place now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that you got to be definitely be careful with everything that's going on, and the guidelines are going to follow that with sports. Yeah, well, the old rules is you couldn't work with your kids at certain times, and yeah. everybody broke those rules. <laughs> but this rule, this is different. This you can't break the rules. You've got to follow what's going on and keep the kids safe. Yeah, that's understandable, um, yeah. Coach. Before we get into you know your what's been going on at Wesley and your decision to come to Wesley, I want to jump back a little bit into uh, your career how you first got started in football and like, you know, when did you know that football was your sport and like, when did you start playing? Uh, when I was eight years old, I met Mark Van Egan. <laughs> <laughs> I started playing when I was, I tried to play when I was eight, but I, they found out my birthday fell two days. They, they didn't have the leagues they have now. They have like six year olds going out and stuff like that. Yeah. You had to be nine. And by August 1st, on August, by August 1st, you had to be nine. I was oh, wow. eight. I was eight. On July 29th, that was my birthday. Wow, um, no. I was yeah. So I was I was uh, I you know I tried to play that year, saying I was a nine year old. Yeah. But they said no, and the next year I went out. I started I started off in CLCF, Grandson League for Grandson Future. That's where I'm originally from. I got to meet Mark Van Egan and I became a lifelong Raider fan and stuff like that. Yep. So we we just uh, like I said, I, and it's just a sport I love. It's a it's it's a closest thing to the. Uh, life that you can get mm-hmm. you know a lot of people say you know you hear a lot of basketball players and I'm not downing those sports I played a lot of sports 
But football is the only one where it's you, your team, everybody, everything matters. Everything you do, you can't hide. So, yeah. It's every possession matters, everything like, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a game of inches. And that's yeah. what I think football is. It's just, it's phenomenal. And like I said, you can add, you can put those details and attributes towards life. Let me put it this way. Let me give you a good example. I had no, I had no ambitions of going to college, going to play college ball, no ambitions of going to college. Until my football coach said, Bruce Mastraccio told me, hey, uh, what are you going to do next year if there's no football? What do you mean? Because you, you always had it. He goes, well, you're not going to be able to play football if you don't go to college. And, and the light went off. Oh, wow. So... <laughs> That was back in the you know that was back in the early '80s, and the light went off, and and then uh, you know the rest is history. I ended up going to college. I ended up coach, I love the game. I would sit there in, in in high school and just draw up plays. That's all I did. That's that's awesome. Did you draw up plays in like the classroom? Yeah, don't tell my son that. That's all I did. But <laughs> I won't tell. Him. <laughs> I'll tell him that you studied hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now, how did you decide you ended up playing at URI as an offensive lineman? How did you decide to go to URI? Well, I really my my first love was BU. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to Boston University uh, and stuff like that. I went took my visit there and uh, found out that I probably would have never made it through there because of the city. I never would have been. I, I never would have gone to class. Oh, wow. um, I went to visit Southern Connecticut, which is a Division two school in Connecticut. Um, and I, the school was great and everything, but it was just, I didn't want to play. Did I just, I, I, URI wasn't even a picture. Really? Uh, what happened at URI, the funny thing about URI was uh, a friend of mine who um, coaches at URI now, it's funny, he's, a, he's, like, he's like 6'6", 400 pounds, but he was like, in high school, he was like 6'4", 250. Wow. My coach sent a film of him to URI, and they said, well, you know, he's all right, but we're really interested in that number 15. I was a tight end, number 15 <laughs> kid. Who's he? And I got to talk to them, and I went there. And as soon as I went to the visit, the campus, I loved it. So that's awesome. Yeah, URI's yeah. got a very like a beautiful campus. I never realized how big it was until I went there. Like a little went... different though. We didn't have all those things in the back when I was there. We always had a place steam was coming out of the ground. We had a bubble. There was a bubble. Our indoor track was a bubble. Mackel wasn't there. It, it was a little different back then, but it was it was definitely a place that I could go to, and not get lost. So. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I know BU stuff too, because you mentioned BU, BU is in the city. I was thinking yeah. BC, but BU was like right in the city. I had some friends go there. I was afraid I would walk into the McDonald's for a class instead of actually going to like an actual class. Well, I went, I went to the Beanpot game and uh, took a cab home. I was supposed to do a play as we took a cab home and uh, I woke up in the wrong dorm. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I knew right from there. I mean, coach, it was the coach at the time was Rick Taylor and Rick Taylor went on to be an AD at, at um, Cincinnati, I think it was, or something like that, University of Cincinnati. But I went into his office the next day, and, I, and he started giving me his selling point, and I just told him, I go, Coach, I can't come here. I knew it. I, I wouldn't have made it. Yeah. My son, Steve, well, you know Steven. Steven loves the city. Yeah. I would have been, uh, I would have been lost. Yeah. I, I made the right choice. I love my years at URI. That's awesome. And then you, we, and you mentioned off there that you had won some conference championships with URI. What, what's the feeling like with that? Well, those conference, that's a little different. Conference championships back then were awesome. See, the linemen, the linemen had a mentality. I went there as a quarterback tight end, wide receiver, just to let you know that. Oh, wow. Quarterback, wide receiver, slash tight end. I, little did I know that the coach told my coach that if they got me bigger and stronger, I was going to play the line. So basically, I ate my way to guard. <laughs> Would you but, eat anything uh, good? Um, McDonald's, KFC? <laughs> I ate everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, had, uh, they used to have the, uh, they used to have, in, in, they had the, um, 
McDonald's used to, or it was McDonald's used to do the throwback throwback days where they had the hamburgers worth 15 cents, 25 cents. Yeah. We'd just collect change and get like 50 ham, 50 cheeseburgers and, <laughs> my God. and we just fill them up. But it was different because they moved me to line and, and I became, that's actually my position. I favor, favor line yeah. because it's, it's just more camaraderie. There's more cohesive stuff. You need each other. It, out of all the positions I played, and I played them all, I played quarterback, I played wide receiver sometime in my life. I liked offensive line the best. Wow. So. That's, that's going to be fun, though. I mean, you get the block and, like, you know, and help and defend your quarterback. And I think, like you said, it's camaraderie because you guys all need each other because if something – Oh, you're the first to get yelled at, too, though. You're the first to get yelled at. When yeah. You miss a block, you're the first to get yelled at. It's never the quarterback's fault. It's never the running back's fault. It's always the line of – but the difference is that it is uh, – it's hard to explain. It's like we went to Indiana. I went to Indiana to play Ball State. Yeah. My uh, – I think it was my – my first, I, I was there five years, so it was my third year. And all the running backs and receivers and quarterbacks, they all went to nightclubs in Indiana, Indianapolis after. The linemen, we all went to a liquor store, grabbed a case of beer, and watched Smokey and the Bandit in one room. <laughs> you know, that's, there was like 13 of us in one room watching Smokey and the Bandit. Just having, that's the kind of camaraderie we had. So That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I- I don't think you really hear it from a lineman's uh, standpoint sometimes. I don't think. No, you know, and, and, and even at URI, we were known. I didn't know the coach knew this, but me and the uh, guy who played the pros, Bob White, mm-hmm. um, he played for Dallas. He ended up finishing up with the Patriots and stuff like that. We couldn't – we'd have team breakfast, which was steak and, egg, steak and potatoes every day before the game. But we had – we wanted carbs. So we'd go out, even if we are on the road, we'd find a little place on the road. We'd see like a little breakfast shop. We'd go out, get early morning, go out, eat, come back with the team, you know, come back for the morning breakfast, stuff like that. And we didn't know the coach knew that, but people started ordering things from us. Really? Like, yeah, they go, hey, can you get me some of these? Can you get me some of these? One night we were late going to New Hampshire. This is my senior. And we got there late. Coach usually has a meeting night before. He goes, you know what? He goes, uh, we're not going to have the meeting tonight. I'm just going to give you guys a bag lunch because they always give us a bag lunch the night before. Yeah. And stuff like that. He goes, and if, uh, you know, try to get some sleep. If any of you guys need anything, Bob and Steve, he gave up, he gave my room number. Like, me and Bobby were looking at each other going, you knew about that? <laughs> but, uh, you know, those are the things you, you remember. I remember the camaraderie, the wins and losses. I mean, we had a lot of wins when I was there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, those are like secondary to the thing, being in the trenches with those guys and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I still keep good touch with Tommy Earhart. Mm-hmm. Uh, my best friend was Brad Carson. Um, you probably know Jack Carson. That's his, his nephew. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that. We, you know, we, we, all of us all still keep in good touch, in touch with each other. So it's, that's, that's what I love about football. That's awesome. And like you said, you create those, I mean, you have those memories of like hanging out with the offensive linemen and you and Bob yeah. running out and grabbing food. It's, it's, that's, that's some stuff that will always stick with you. And it's stuff I'm sure if you guys talk, like you always bring that stuff up, right? <laughs> we do. Like I got to say, when I was at Cranston West, we had a, we had a, uh, the kids had a team night. Like, and I'm, I know Wesley has them too. Yeah. The kids would go when the kids first started doing it, it wasn't, it's not the whole team. It would be like the, the offensive line would go together. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. They'd go someplace and eat and talk about the game that's what it was it was always about discussing the game the night before so that's again that's what i love about the game that's awesome i yeah i love that that's amazing and it's crazy how much camaraderie there is there did you have like a pre-game ritual i know you mentioned like steak and eggs before a game but like was there a pre-game ritual that you always had before a game 
Me? Yeah. All the time. Like I said, I had to have that. I had to have a different meal. Yeah. I still eat my steak and eggs. Don't kid. I mean, steak and potato. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> but I, I had to wear. I had to get when I was at URI. I had to get there early. I was an undersized lineman. Yeah. You don't get that. They see me now. They say, "No, oh, you're about 280, 270." Back then, I was probably about. I, I played some games at 232, 235. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I didn't get. I didn't. I grew as I with the position. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Um, I'd have to go down and stretch out. I was really stiff. I'd have to go down and stretch early. Had to had to eat the had to have the same amount. Like I would drink a, I would drink a pot of coffee before every game. Wow, that's crazy. I would drink about a pot a pot of coffee. Start early in the morning. Drink a pot of coffee, which by the way you always have to go to the bathroom like a million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd take two Sudafed and sniff an ammonia capsule before every game. Oh my god! And my coach told me the first three plays of any game were my worst. <laughs> he said, you could see, you could just see, because you just you itching to hit somebody, and because you'd miss or something like that. You just, you know, what I'm saying. And he goes, yeah. After that, you settle down. Those, those are rituals. I'm so, I'm superstitious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think a lot of athletes are. I think a lot of athletes have these pregame rituals that a lot of people we don't, they don't really tell you until like you do an interview like this, and you're like, what was it? And then like some guys is just weird, like take like uh, I got was some guy in the NBA takes a nap before every game. Lot, there's some guys that you are. I used to do that. There's some guys that had to. Um, you could never sleep before the game. The night before a game, you could never sleep. See, when we we're on the road, you couldn't take a walk. Yeah. But when we were at home, we didn't stay in a hotel. We stayed on campus. You could. So a lot of guys like me, I, I could never sleep before a game. I'd have to watch a movie. I watched uh, Rambo <laughs> one night, and, uh, and Bob White was with me, and there was a couple other guys when we we're going. When we're we're doing okay, okay. Rambo, that's URI. The Russian, that's UMass. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're doing things, stupid things like that, things that kids would do, but it was so much fun. It was, like I said, things you did. That's awesome. That's, that's great. And then, go okay. ahead. No, and, and those things are the things that we try to pass on to the kids, too. Like my, my, my team at Cranston West, those kids had a lot of fun. We go to movies together. If a new movie came out, like when, when I was playing, my, Rocky came out for the first time. Yeah. My coach took us all to Rocky. That's awesome. We all, it was great. What sucked was our band started playing that theme song every time we came out. <laughs> By the end of the season, you're like, all right. <laughs> but you, you, you do things like that. We did Rocky Three. I, I forget if it was, it was me at Rocky Three. When um, you know my son, right? You know Steven? Yeah, yeah. All right. You know, you know the song about the kid from Notre Dame, Rudy? Yeah, yeah. Well, we took the team to go see Rudy. Okay. So Stephen went, Stephen was a really young kid. He was like three years old or something when he came, four years old when he came out. And I, and he goes, I want to go sit up front with the guys. I said, no problem. Go ahead. And I looked at one of the guys who I saw the movie. I go, does anyone die in this movie? They go, no, they don't. The kid get his best friend dies. If you remember in the kill explosion. Yeah, 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 explodes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I looked on the island. I see Stephen walking back up all upset. <laughs> yeah, those are things that he'll kill me for telling you that. But yeah. Those are things, those are things you remember. And the kids remember that. The kids, the kids from that team will tell me, remember when your son went to where they'll say stuff like that. They remember that stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> I remember my coach playing records. We go every Friday night, we go watch a little game film. Mm-hmm. And we'd be in the cafeteria. He'd put some game film. It was back then, maybe the 8 millimeter. Yeah. Or the 16 millimeter, whatever it was, back and forth, back and forth. And then he'd say, put your head down on the thing. And he'd put a record on. It was like Newt Rockney's speech or something like that. <laughs> um, but we always took the wrong thing out. Like Rocky, when everybody was, you know, everyone's going up, Rocky, we're all singing Take It Back. 
Like in the middle of the game, we're all, we're all just thinking, take it back. We'd always take something else out of the game. So, but it was like our thing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so, that's so great that you have. And that's that. what I want the rest of the kids to get to. And I'm sure they do get it. Cause let me tell you, I'm a, this is, you know, I think Dwayne did a great job. Yeah. I think Chris Reed did a, has done a, a great job. I think Jim Morano did a great job. And Sal Jerry's a legend. Yeah. I mean, so they've had great coaches. That's, you know, yeah, you gotta, you can't do, you gotta, I mean, that's amazing. And it's amazing that you're able to bring these past experiences to your teams and like create these memories and help create these memories. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's like the most important thing. And what was, um, you know, and then we'll get into questions, but like, what was your decision to get into coaching? Like how did that, what, what was that decision? Well, like I said, when, when I was at URI, they brought a kid named Roland Fiori up. Mm-hmm. He was a basketball player from Stonehill. He was going to be a great tight end. You know, I was a tight end at the time. This was like my, uh, this was my sophomore year. This was the year I ended up redshirting. And everyone told me, how, oh, Roland's a great athlete. But Roland wasn't, wasn't that good. <laughs> but, so what I did is instead of, you know, most kids hate the guy who's behind or something like that. When, what I did was I helped them out and I started yeah. coaching them. I, I was like a coach on the field. Oh, and awesome. when I moved the guard, Greg Sturgis, God rest his soul. He's gone now. Did the same thing. He was the guy in front of me. But all he did was help me out. Wow. And you, you just little things. And I just loved helping rolling out. And I would like, you know, talk to the other kids, come up with some ideas on blocking schemes and things like that. And one day, uh, two of the coaches on my team says, you know, Story, you should do this coaching. Coach Griffin told me off the bat, said he, he goes, you should get into coaching and stuff like that. So that was Pretty much, I was already, I loved the game and I didn't want to give it up, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't blame it. I mean, you can tell by just talking to you right now. <laughs> selfish reasons, it was selfish reasons, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> so. That's awesome. And then you ended up, when did you start, when did you take your first, when did you take your position at Cranston West? Teaching? Uh, well, uh, coaching position at Cranston Well, I went to Milford, my year after, year after I graduated in 85, I coached at URI in the spring. I really thought I wanted to go into college coaching. And mm-hmm. there's been opportunity along the way to do that. But we had Stephen. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you got to learn, you got to sit there and say, okay, public school teacher who makes nothing. Yeah. Or college coaches and chase a dream. You could chase a dream, but you make, you're still going to make nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, you know, something like that. So what happened? We did, we, uh, I went to uh, I went to Milford Academy. Coach Griffin and uh, Coach Downey. He's passed now too, but he they helped me out. They helped me get there, and um, I coached at Milford Academy for that year. We had an eight and two record, but I didn't know we weren't supposed to win. We were supposed to have. I wasn't the head coach. It was a guy named Tom Callahan from Texas. We were supposed to uh, we're supposed to give film time. Oh. It's not so much win. You're <laughs> supposed to get kids on film, but we didn't care. We just wanted to win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we played college JV teams, things like that. So yeah. it was, it was, it was fun. I left there in March because Stephen was going to be born, and their insurance that they had for me there wouldn't have covered it. Oh, really? So, yeah. So I came back to, and I came back to Cranston. I started subs. I started selling insurance first. Oh, wow. but I was subbing on the side. Yeah. <laughs> I was substituting on the side, and I was selling insurance. And um, the insurance company told me I had to make a decision. I think they thought I was going to stay with the insurance company. I said, okay, consider this my two weeks. <laughs> and then I talked to my old coach, Coach Mastraccio. He had his place on the staff for me. I started off as a volunteer for the first two years. Became a, I became a varsity coach the next year. And uh, 
stayed with him for a long for about he his plan was ten years and he was gone. Yeah. Twelve years later, I was <laughs> I was thinking about moving on, looking somewhere else, but then he left, and I I ended up taking over. Oh wow, that's awesome! And then you ended up winning, uh, you know, your state title there. And we uh, had a great team. We had a great team. People, you know, I love to hear that. I like to say I had a lot to do with it, and I did have something to do with it. Yeah. But I had some great kids and a great. People don't realize when I first got there, offer we made the playoffs. That was Coach Mastracchio should have stayed. He should have stayed one more. Yeah, he had a great team. Yeah, we made the playoffs. We ended up playing the Mike Wilson South Kingston team. Oh wow. In Westerly, we played them at the Westerly field because South Kingston didn't have lights at the time. Oh, wow. And after going down 45 nothing at half, <laughs> we ended up winning the game. Well, we, we ended up no, losing the game. Excuse me. We lost the game. We ended up losing uh, 59 to 35 or something like that. Wow. We, we used every onside. It was a fun game. Every onside kick, everything we've ever practiced, we used it. Wow. And that was, that's what, that was a big learning lesson for me about not practicing, about being good at something. Not everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, you know, I try to learn something every year. Even now, I've been here a long time. I try to learn something from people every year. So That's awesome. And how do, when you take over a program, how do you, like, bring in your own, like, culture and philosophy? So, like, here at Westview, like, what do you – It's tough. It's, it's tough. I mean, the coaches they have here, most of them are my friends already yeah. and stuff like that. They had the wing T philosophy already, which I'm a wing T guy. I'm a, I'm a hybrid wing T guy. Yeah. Um, like I'm more like when we played Wesley, I want, we played Wesley a couple of years ago here, uh, at the stadium. And then here mm -hmm. I wanted, I even told Chris, you should use some of the stuff. You'd be really good. I go, you know, you get your full using jet sweep rockets, stuff like that. If you have a quarterback that can run, which they did, you can use a little more shotgun quarterback power stuff. Yeah. I'd like to go to a, I, what I really wanted to do before I left Princeton West was do wing tee from shotgun. Oh, wow. I might, I might just still do that at, at, at here. Yeah, yeah. We, when we were at Cranston West, we played a team called Marshfield. Okay. They were like number one and number two in, in Master. They were big. They, yeah. were, they were good. They yeah. were really good. But they did it. What they were doing is what I wanted to do. Oh, wow. That's really cool. <laughs> so I got to know them. Uh, I got to talk to them. Uh, like I said, there's a few Massachusetts coaches that I became very good friends with. And, We've talked a lot, stuff like that. How do I bring my coaching philosophy down there? The problem I did have is that a couple of coaches that I would like to keep mm -hmm. don't want to travel 45 minutes down the road. Uh, <laughs> it's that Rhode Island mentality, right, Coach? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. If yeah. we were in Texas, they'd be like, fine. Yeah, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But here in Rhode Island, you got to pack up. I like off. the coaches. The coaches I have are, are good. I like, I like all of them. Um, you know, I got, a, I, I got a couple of young kids on the staff, and I got a couple of other, other coaches, so – I know they're used to running that single wing, but I like having a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, I, I understand that. And I heard, I read your quote in the Wesley Sun. And I thought it was a really good quote. It's like, you know, you can run the ball, but I think it was like November. We're gonna start like you need to throw the ball in November, right? No, November you have to run the ball. Run the ball, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I must. Yeah, a lot of times you have to throw the. But no, when they when they I yeah they when they needed to throw the ball they couldn't. Yeah, I mean if you if you think about it and and I've always said that. In, in Rhode Island, you can throw the ball over the field, but in November, you need to run the ball. Yeah. And they did run the ball, but the problem was that's all they did all year. So that's, you know, if I'm throwing the ball all year and we make it to the playoffs and all of a sudden I start running the ball, that's going to throw teams off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be, I'm very balanced. Whatever they want to give me, they want to give me, they want to play everybody up, we're going to throw the ball. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. You gotta, you, at least you have your options, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to develop a quarterback. And oh, I, be- I like a quarterback. My quarterback has to be a magician. Yeah. He has to be able to hide the ball. Okay. I don't want the defense knowing where the ball is at any time. That's and uh, I love the fullback. I love. I can't get Tristan Toronto was great. I mean, uh, Salino was great. I love that type of running back, but I also want the speed on the outside. Yeah. I want my kids getting the ball at full speed, making the defense play the whole field. So, that's, that's great. I love it. Yeah, that's that's what we're going to do, and that's hopefully if okay. we have a season this year. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And now, um, you know what? When you look ahead of this. A season, we'll just say we have a season. When you look ahead of the season, like what is the one thing that excites you just about with the season that's coming up? I've never played football in February. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've, uh, what excites me about the season is, is, you know what really excites me most? Is that now when the game's over, I can make sure everything's away and I'm two minutes from my house. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a great part, right? <laughs> like before, before when I was in Cranston, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, there's a lot of anxiety be, the night before a game and stuff like that. So I have to sit there because I wouldn't come home. I'd have to sit there and wait for the game. Yeah. And then when the game's over, when when we win, it was great coming home. But when we lose, you'd be second guessing yourself all the way home. Yeah. So, so it's a- and then you'd be watching the film, and then the next thing you know, it's five o'clock in the morning. You had to be back at school the next day. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's the that's the killer part about it. Uh, uh, all right. Well, go ahead. The nice thing is I'm two minutes from my house. Yeah, that's that's a nice thing. Was that part of your decision to come here, or you just saw an opportunity that? Yeah, no, I just I like to coach football. I want you know, like Dwayne asked me to come as an assistant coach, but I was coaching with my friend Jerry Zanella in yeah. South Kingston. You know what I'm saying? So it's tough to tell Jerry I coach for him and say, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dwayne. You know what I'm saying? Jerry was my quarterback when I was in high school, believe it or not. Oh wow. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so I was coaching with Jerry, and I enjoyed coaching with Jerry. It was fun. That's awesome. That's so great. then uh, someone told me the job was opening, and I didn't think I'd go for another head coaching job. Yeah. And I decided I put my head. I, you know, I thought maybe Jamie already had somebody in his head that he wanted. Yeah. Right. So, hey, worked out well for you, and that's yes, it did. And Wesley uh, is definitely lucky to have you as a uh, as a head coach, and I'm sure we're going to see a great program being built here in Wesley by you and uh, the the players coming up. I want to try to maintain. I think it's already a great program. Yeah. I think the coaches before me have done. I, I really do. I think Dwayne, you know, I won't get on his case by not having a quarterback. He wanted to run spread. I know that for a fact when he first got here. Yeah. Oh, really? He couldn't. He couldn't find a quarterback, so he did the bet next best thing. Went to the single wing. Yeah. And the single wing does not. You know, I said we're not going to run it as a main offense. Doesn't mean we're not going to have it. Yeah. It'd be a nice little wildcat change-up type deal. So. Like I said, there's a lot. The program, I'm, I'm, what I'm, what I look at me as I'm not trying to build it. I'm trying to keep, keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it great. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome. I'm a, care, I'm a caretaker for it right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Coach, you'll definitely keep it great for sure and uh, keep the Westerly, uh, you know, tradition up and, you know, beat Stonington and win, win some Super Bowls. Yeah, if we play them again. Yeah, I know. Right? I know. I don't know. This thing, this thing is crazy. It's not only this thing; it's it's the way they set things up now. Yeah, what's going on with the with the CIAC? I got to read more into it, but what I'm understanding is that might become a playoff weekend. Oh, really? So does that mean I schedule Stonington, but if they make the playoffs, we don't play them? Yeah. That, can't do it. yeah. I, what I probably do is try to work it out with Jamie. We schedule them another week. Yeah. 
and then so we could still have the game. Not another week further, but another week during the season or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Until they get that out of their head. Rhode Island tried to do the same thing. Really? Rhode Island tried to make uh, that Thanksgiving Day weekend, Super Bowl weekend. That was a playoff weekend. And as being a Cranston West guy, I was like, no, we're going to play Cranston East on that day. Yeah. Well, yeah. you still can't. But what, what about if one of us makes the playoffs in the Super Bowl? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. You can't do that. You can't schedule someone and say, oh, we're not going to play you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, you can't do that. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm not sure how it goes, but someone was telling me that that's what they thought it was. Oh, wow. Oh, God. That's so, good it's interesting. Idea. But we, they tried to do it in Rhode Island. We fought it tooth and nail. Like, there are a few schools, Wesley being one of them. Yeah. The Wesley's don't have traditions and like, like that Cranston game makes a lot of money. Yeah, it packs the stadium. And Mike, Mike Traff, who's the AD there, used to tell me if they have a great Thanksgiving Day game, it made back all the money from the fall sports, and he can use it for the winter sports. So, wow, yeah. So yeah, I know it's the same. I think it's the same thing around here. I mean, that's just yeah. out. everyone anticipates it, and all the old football players come up, the alumni, and I know that's that. That'll be a big thing if that doesn't happen this year. They have to do. If it doesn't happen this year, that's okay. One yeah. year is not going to kill them. Yeah. But they're going to make sure that it's going to happen next year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the year after. That's that's my thing. If it only happens one year, it's like anything else. When we moved up to Division One, everybody cried about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that first year, well, we moved up to Division One the year after we made the playoffs and went to Wesley. I had a great team, a phenomenal team. We, had, we won two games. Wow. Because you weren't, we weren't ready for the speed, the depth, and stuff like that. Yeah. Grants and West now is a solid Division One team. They are, you know, they, they have no excuse ever to move down to Division Two. Yeah. And stuff like that. There's, where, we, where I left them when I was done, that's where they are. I know they have, the, and they could also be, between me and you and that, power of division. They have the four. Yeah. They have the four power division now. They could have did that, but they were smart staying out of that. Uh, Win another Super Bowl, do something else first, and then and talk about it. Yeah, definitely. So, that's what I think. And I think, I got news for you. This year we have a good season. Realignment's next year. Is it? He's right on the cusp. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I want to go in this game with a different mind frame. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It doesn't matter where you play. Kids are kids. Yeah. If, if Wesley wins the Super Bowl in Division Two, you're always going to have the Division One team say, well, come on up to Division One and play us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, you can't control it. You just got to have what? Play the game and let the kids play. Play on your schedule. Yep, yep, exactly. What, what's ahead of you, you just got to take play it one day at a time, right? Yep. And, uh, all right, Coach, I got one last question for you, then we'll wrap it up. Yep. All right, so you're an Oakland Raiders fan. Yes. What do you think? What do you think about the season? They're going to play. I don't think it'll be much fun with nobody in the stands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll still play it. They'll, 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 they're still making millions of dollars. People don't get it that, that – um, in the pros, it's not high school. That's what I love about high school, even college. Some yeah. college teams, like like a URI, it's more like a, a small small college team and stuff like that. Yeah. It's about emotion. It's about desire. It's about playing. In the pros, it's about money. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's the last pure passion of football you'll ever have. I think that they'll end up playing. I feel bad for the Raiders. They built the Death Star, and they're not going to have any, anybody in it. I know. <laughs> but they're still making the TV contract still covers all the players. The only one who loses money in that are the owners. Wow. Yeah, that's true. And I, they, yeah, they, they, That's a very good point. <laughs> but. but other than that, like I said, I think there will be a season. And, yes, 
I have everyone tells me, why are you a Raiders fan? The reason is Mark Van Egan. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a good reason. It's a good yeah, reason. It's, you know, something, nobody ever messed with me in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but all of a sudden, you know, they had that, they had that one Super one, one, uh, they had a little blips in the late 80s, 90s. Yeah. They made yeah. that Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. I remember that. Yeah, well, that was in 2002. That was, that was a poor job of coaching. Yeah. <laughs> that was the guy using – he's going against the coach, the old coach, and he's using his all his signals and stuff like that. I, remember that. I actually heard an interview. I think it was like John Lynch. He was like, we know what they're calling at like this point. Yeah, he goes, that's the stuff we used all week. He yeah. used all <laughs> calls. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe it. That's I watched cool. that game. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. That's tough. But do you like them out in Vegas, or do you? what do you think about them in Vegas? I like them out in Vegas better because I'll be able to get there. Yeah, <laughs> people don't realize going to Oakland. My uh, my brother lives in California. I've been to Oakland. I've it's, been there. I've been to that stadium. I ha- I've been to yes, I have. Yes, I walked. It's so hard to get to. Yeah, it's crazy. It's very very hard to get to. People don't realize how yeah. hard it is to get there. Now, when they went to Vegas, people in L.A. were happy. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a plane. It's a shot. It's a straight plane shot. Yeah, that. quick, easy, easy. Yeah, flight. so and it's the same thing for us. And you know. Vegas is always running those flights cheaper because they want to get people there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> My nephew lives out there, too, so it would have been good because his company was working on the stadium. Oh, wow. So they were going to have a luxury box. It would have been awesome. Oh, that would be awesome. Well, next year, hopefully, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That. Well, his company pulled out from the oh, stadium. Oh, no. <laughs> Sam. Well, Sam. Is- I'll try to get there. All right. Well, Coach, that's all I have today but thank you Thanks. for joining, joining the show i really appreciate you coming on the show and making time for for us no problem all right, all right. appreciate you having me <laughs> what appreciate you having me oh of course anytime take it easy all right coach take it easy bye bye that was my interview with coach steve store the head coach of wesley high school football great interview with coach looking forward to him uh coaching wesley this year and years to come and looking what he does to carry on the tradition of the program. A lot of fun uh, talking with him. Great interview, and I can't wait to have him back on, hopefully closer when the season gets gets there. Um, next week, bring a great interview with the head coach of North Smithfield Soccer, Eric Kordakowski. Great interview with him. It's going to be interesting to hear his thoughts on uh, you know playing with the mask and how to work around the COVID and how what they're doing to do that. So I'm looking, for, looking forward for you guys to hear that interview next week um another thing that i'm probably going to be posting soon it's a thought that has crossed my mind that we could be releasing two episodes a week it's definitely a thought that's um crossing my mind it could be a monday thursday thing which would be awesome to kind of do we're getting a lot more interviews uh talking to a lot more coaches in the area um you know college and high school it's been really really fun talking to them and setting this up and making everything happen so you know it's starting to get to a point where it's getting a little little crazy um so it's been great which is in a great way so we'll see what happens um so i'm thinking about doing two episodes a week i'm going to make that decision by the end of the month so hopefully by the end of the month, I'll see what I get, where I am with interviews and my decision on to do the two episodes a week. I know once basketball season comes up, I'm going to do a outlook only for a week of just coaches that I can get on the show. 
Um, hopefully we can do a couple weeks worth of outlooks of the upcoming seasons for men and women's high school basketball. So that'll be great as well too. So we'll see what happens, but I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Really thank you guys for listening every day and I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and weekend and we'll see you next Monday.